Welcome to our podcast here as we reflect a little bit on a weekend where we've um, thought about creation care and caring for our environment. So if you went around on Sunday, we had a cafe church, uh, which is our first post-pandemic yep. cafe church. Um, and it was really nice. Yeah, it was good. Um, some nice croissants, some good drinks. And good company around our new tables. Yes, so there was lots going on there, wasn't there? Yeah, and um, it did feel like a real kind of cafe style environment but with all the kind of community of church which was yeah. lovely i think um no it was a lovely uh, a lovely occasion uh, i think there's a bit of a challenge doing something very around table when people are a little bit concerned about where the numbers are going and and transmission so i was a bit fearful come the sunday morning whether it would just be me and you and the kids well i was on the fence as to whether i was even going to turn <laughs> up so it felt um just just from the point of view not so much that i'm particularly um concerned about um catching covid i work in a school so i'm probably going to get it at some point anyway um but just that i'm kind of out of the habit socially mm. of being around a table with people who you know we get used to home group home groups the same every week so that doesn't feel as much of a challenge but going into church choosing a table to sit on and then chatting with people who you know you might not be used to having a conversation yeah. after what are we 18 months in to the kind of covid situation that feels um uncomfortable to be honest and i wasn't sure if i was ready to do that um as it happened it was a really great time and mm. um, we had some fantastic chats around our conversation our, um, our table a good conversation we had you know a bit of a laugh which was nice you know you you kind of need other people to um to bring the sense of humor sometimes yeah, and right. you know that was that was great so I found it really encouraging to be back in church in that environment because it is very different I mean I think um even so the pandemic thing aside just coming to church where you're sitting around a table when you know we try and say and I keep trying to say look church is not a one-way mm. conversation it's about us engaging together um, but we still sit in lines facing me um, yeah. week in week out you know or facing the, the speaker and also when we um when we do sit traditionally in lines there tends to be no dialogue that mixes the ages you right, chat to okay. the, you chat to the people you're used to chatting to um but a, an adult doesn't tend to chat to a child. And one thing that yeah, I noticed okay. um, very much yesterday was that other people were chatting to my children and mm. my children were chatting back. Um, so they were naturally, do you want you want this? Do you want that? Wow, you've had a lot of croissants there. <laughs> um, there was just a lot of chit chat. Wow, you've colored in your tiger in such and such a way. Um, if we'd been sat in a row, nobody would have talked to my kids and my kids would mm. not have talked to them. And so I felt that was a really great opportunity for for the children of the church to be part of the church and yeah. also for the adults of the church to be part of the children of the church. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was fantastic. And I think one of the reasons why we, we're sticking with the cafe church is because it's naturally all age. Yeah. You don't have to make it all age. It is all age, you know, yeah. if you put the right content in. Um, and I think Diana did that um, really well, well. That's it. We were watching um, the Blue Planet video. Yeah. Now, it wasn't a case of, oh, this is for the adults, this bit, or this is for the children. There was a sense of this is for everybody. Everybody yeah. stopped and watched that. Everybody wowed and was like, oh, wow, turtles. Mm. And, oh, look, a shark. Um, it wasn't for one or the other. And I think that's really fantastic because otherwise we end up with this divide. Children are essentially seen and not heard. Whether mm. we believe in that as a 
a philosophy or not that's what happens children go out to Sunday school and we you know we leave that to the Sunday school leaders but actually we all have a part to play in nurturing the children of our church mm-hmm. and in something like cafe church that comes across we're all sharing together mm-hmm. no it was a um a good occasion and the theme really was this kind of climate justice climate um yeah. linking in with the evening when we joined in with tier funds um cop 26 yeah um live stream service and uh, a real opportunity for us to relate kind of on sunday morning around a table thinking about it uh, and then listening and reflecting with tier fund um, mm-hmm. in the evening uh, in a different way really um and i think it's probably good for us to think a little bit about how we engage and how maybe we've reflected on um our role within um creation care yeah um, i think as a church um we committed to the a russia program a little while ago and yeah. uh, we've worked through um thinking about how we you know um do church in a more carbon um, friendly way um but also then that's an ongoing conversation it's not just a once uh, and for all yeah um but there is a kind of challenge and i think what i picked up on on yesterday was the justice element to it um when we watched one of the videos we watched in the cafe church was about you know a lot of people think it's the gospel first it's all about the gospel and then all these other things are secondary and mm. we don't need to worry about it um but I think there's certainly a, a lot to be said that actually they're so interconnected yeah. that the gospel is justice. Um, and if we separate out the two, we get into ourselves into quite a mess. And I think in yeah. our kind of history, is, uh, Christian history has shown the sort of mess that we get into justifying the slave trade, you know, justifying yeah. taking other people's land and, and in the name of, you know, the gospel yeah. and without realizing or paying little credence to the justice element to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think, I do think it's, I think that conversation is still really important because I don't think people, we all make those connections. Uh, I think we still think, I, I still come across people who think, well, no, it's just about the gospel. Why are we doing all this other stuff? And we just need to be saying people the gospel. But in reality, the be- one of the best ways at the moment, in if we look at how the conversation's going as a country, one of the best ways of expressing the gospel is to be involved in the climate conversation. Absolutely. Because that's yeah. the justice conversation of our day. And we can think, well, the criticism of that is, well, you're just getting on the bandwagon. But the other, the flip side of it is actually, why don't we talk about the thing everyone's talking about, but from yeah. a Christian faith point of view uh, and that allows us to engage in and if you see um if you see people in need and you do nothing to help them but you you preach the gospel that to to a lot of people that's seeing well there was a very obvious need you could have helped that person you could have given that person the food that they needed and you chose not to so really what good is your gospel and i think i think by by doing the um the primary need by seeing to the primary need you're showing what your gospel means to you mm. you're you're you know you're acting out your gospel and um people are much more likely to listen to what you have to say if you've just done the right thing yeah. and i think it comes down to just doing the right thing now i think as we're about to talk about doing the right thing with regards to climate change is incredibly complicated mm. and um you quite quickly end up feeling like you're um, failing, you're a hypocrite, you're Mm. not doing it right. You know, whatever you do, it's never quite enough. So, you know, so it's really complicated, but that that doesn't mean we do nothing um, because 
we've seen that in the past just not helping people and the, and climate change is about people it's mm. about the world um and if it's not you know however people think about our impact on the environment and how much that is there is a stewardship and a caring for our planet that you know even if we were having no even if there was no global um weather impact of what we were doing the reality of you know we buy a bit of plastic and we chuck it in you know we consume what's inside it we chuck it in the bin it seemingly goes into some system where it might be recycled or it might end up on a cargo ship to another country. Um, that whole system is not okay. Yeah. You know, and it's really hard as an individual to fight against that system because the whole thing's geared up seemingly to make it quite hard to navigate that. So you can mm. take a, you know, if you've got your own water bottle, you can fill it up and, you know, try and do that as much as possible. Um, but... You know, certain things are recyclable, certain things aren't. It's hard to navigate that. Yeah. Um, so it's not just about whether you're sceptical of the impact, you know, of a two-degree change in the the temperature of the planet will have on the planet and what that might might go to and might not. It's still, it doesn't matter because what it's about is how do we care and use the resources well. For sure, know? yeah. Uh, and, that's a, and that's a really difficult one. That's it. It's been- yeah, I, it's really hard to... harder I, to dispute yeah, I, climate I don't, change. I, 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 I think, think 15, 20 years ago, I was a climate sceptic. I thought, yeah. I'm, come on, weather patterns and we don't have enough data. Now I'm no longer a climate sceptic. Yeah. It's, you know, it's obviously even in our own summers and autumns. Yeah, you know, things, things are changing. Winter, things are changing yeah. quite, quite quickly. Yes, and I, I think you're right, but there's a but you're right you can Even separate if, it out yeah, to say we're actually, still not we're taking... not we're not doing stuff well you know yeah. to to import so much stuff from china you know consume it in such a flippant way and then send it back yeah well they, they don't take it anymore um because <laughs> but you know their children are our children you yeah. know we're all we're all human beings and i think particularly if we can't see it we don't account mm-hmm. for it um and we're trashing other other people's yeah. water systems yeah. for our goods and it's you know it's not it's not on no and i think that's the the challenge of consumption how do we can how, how do we deal with what we consume and how much do we consume because i yeah. you know we feel that coming up to christmas you know we've got three kids and yeah um it's hard not to buy them plastic yeah junk that i suspect within a couple of days they won't be playing with again um yeah and it's an ongoing battle because it's hard enough buying presents for your kids anyway um but buying ones that have some longevity to them uh, and plus and, and kind of and not just tossed to one side yeah you know, absolutely. the next day and i've you know there's so many lovely things out there that you can you know experiences and tech and stuff that you think oh wouldn't that be great if you yeah. had that and yeah, but the reality is we've had some of those things in the past and they're now in the garage or, you know, left uncharged on the floor somewhere. Or they've gone in the bin. Or they've gone I mean, in the bin. it's it's horrendous. Yeah. We are trying. Um, I'd say we're trying pretty hard as a family. We're mm. all conscious of it. Our children are conscious of it. And yet we still keep making these mistakes. And sometimes we're making these mistakes willfully. We are knowing come yeah. Christmas. We know. We know 
that come February, a lot of these things are going to be no longer valued. Mm. Or perhaps even more tragically, by Boxing Day, these things are no longer going to be valued. Mm. But the idea of your children having a miserable Christmas because they don't get anything Mm. is horrible. And yet, is it better for my own children to be a little bit down on Christmas Day, but the world (laughs) to be in a better place and every, you know, they're their future children to have a better world this is this is really hard yeah it is and uh, that kind of hinges on this idea of um so i followed a bit of the cop 26 uh kind of conversation uh, and there is this very easy way of picking up the kind of hypocritical nature of it you know you've yeah. got all these billionaires all these world leaders flying in on their private jets which are the uh-huh. worst polluting things you know ever you know, flying in to talk about how we protect the planet. Sure. You know, having consumed all this carbon to get yep. here. Um, and then it is, it's pretty easy to pull them out and say, well, that's just, you're just being totally hypocritical there. Yeah. You know, how do you stand on that? And I relate that to myself. So, you know, we try, you know, I try and do little things like um, compostable stuff rather than not. But, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, try and eat more vegetables. You know, we've given up meat. Um, you know, and trying to do those things, but we still drive a diesel van, you know, yeah. and uh, not the most efficient thing in the world. No. Uh, the camper van isn't. Um, we have, you know, we have a log burning fire that we love to have on. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have the heating on, you know, quite a bit. You know, house, well, it's living in an old house, it's not particularly well insulated. Yeah. Um, and there's a real challenge there. So it's very easy for someone to look at me and say, well, that's just, you know, you're saying all this, or well, you're doing that thing, but you're not doing it there. Um, and I think that's the challenge we have, you know, I think. But this frustrates me quite a lot because, and I think this is kind of a little bit British. We we tend to look at the negative side rather than yep. the positive side. And rather than look at all of the good things that will come from the world leaders meeting, we look at how they, they traveled. Yeah, yeah sure, it's... <laughs> It's perhaps hypocritical. It's also perhaps just representative of where we are right now and where we don't hope to be in the future, but we are right now. Um, So I think, uh, yeah, okay, we're failing. Mm. We're each one of us. There's very few of us are quite as saintly as Greta Thunberg. You know, we're all, you know, making our mistakes and and flying or driving or whatever it is that are our current vices but that um that doesn't stop the significance of Mm. us trying to be better and so rather than looking at what people aren't doing perfect i'd rather say let's look at what they are trying to do to do better i know that i'm now a vegetarian and i feel you know pretty strongly about that um as time goes by, but I'm still wearing leather shoes. Now, like somebody could really pick me up on that as a hypocrite, as it happens. Mm. I bought my leather shoes before I was a vegetarian. And to me, it seems like a very wasteful thing to get rid of them. I The best, most honoring thing I can do is use them for as long as I can. And mm. um, will I choose to buy leather in the future? Honestly, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's it's an interesting one. Yeah. There's all of Depends these. Depends how little, nice the shoes are, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I would <laughs> like to say no, but you know, realistically, as a flawed human being, possibly, um, no. That just just life is complicated, mm. and you make decisions for a whole plethora of reasons. And I would like us to be 
not looking at what everybody is doing wrong. But I think if we look to more towards what everybody is doing right, yeah. I think we'll be more hopeful people. Mm. I think we'll be more inspired people. And I think the change that we'll be able to see in our own lives will be greater yeah. because negativity breeds negativity and and we saw the kind of and it's a media tactic isn't it it's the you know even though the pandemic you know you have government ministers coming up with rules and then getting caught out yeah you know of you know kind of going somewhere and not wearing a mask at a certain point there's yeah. all the whole debate you know you know why do they wear a mask there is you know so there's there is easy ways of doing that and i think you're right in a sense of it's the trajectory and the direction of travel and you know we do have you know you know, often a very negative, you know, kind of media approach to, to things. It pulls up on mm. uh, on those things because, and it is an easy win. It's an easy yeah. headline. It really is, you know, um, because I guess the reality of our world is it's very hard to travel to Glasgow without being on a plane, I suspect. Maybe not a private plane. Well, it depends plane. where you're coming from. But um, yeah. yes, but there's a, you know, there's, the system isn't there to do it differently, you know, and that's some of the challenge. There is the, there's, you know, the famous passage where Jesus calls out the Pharisees and he yeah. calls them hypocrites. I can't remember how many times it's just time after time yeah. again, you hypocrites, you hypocrites, you hypocrites. Now, we could do that about yeah. the, the world leaders currently yeah. meeting in Glasgow. But I I think when Jesus did that, he was calling out a real... um. A hypocrisy of the heart yeah no, so it wasn't necessarily yeah. just a hypocrisy of a number of inconsistent actions that those people were making yeah. it was a system of hypocrisy it was a system that we're quite happy doing things these ways mm. and we're not going to change even though it goes right against what is the heart of god and so i think we should be saying um so it's not really for me whether a person eats meat or does not eat meat i'd like to see a heart that is caring for the environment and is trying to make mm. the best choices for for this world and that for some people those choices will be different to the ones the different priorities to the ones i'm making mm. um but we can actually perhaps still have the same heart even if we make different priorities and ultimately it is about our heart isn't it you know there's a you know there's a sense that we can make it all about our actions and what we do and the rigor of you know kind of christian life and how do we kind of get to a certain position and stay in that position but it isn't about the rules it's about where our heart is on mm. the matter um and if our heart is close to god on it then uh, and we you know reflect and pray through what we do and the choices we make and and how that how we how we make those decisions you know mm. and that's a heart matter not raw. and i think you're right you saw the pharisees and you know there was a real hypocrisy there you know they were so nitpicky about all the little things we looked at uh, church a couple of weeks ago about um uh the man healed you know and the pharisees yeah. got cross because he was carrying his mat but yeah. if he was being carried on his mat he would have been all right but because he carried his mat yeah. he was in trouble and it's like you know you miss the big thing because you're looking yeah. at the, the small thing uh, and i think with yeah, looking at climate justice, um, I think there's the same challenge, you know, with that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think there's an individual responsibility, but I think there's also a difficulty with the system as it is. You know, yeah. I think we can try our best. And we were chatting on at the cafe church with some people. Um, and it, it's how much of it is our own personal responsibility and how much of it you need to see governmental change on it and i mm. think there's a bit of both but the system has to change as absolutely. well absolutely uh, and you see that when when it's made easy 
when, when it's easier to make um, positive environmental choices mm-hmm. you know i think people will make those choices yeah um when there's lots of barriers to do it um it's actually i don't think people will do it you know they'll we tend to go for the easy option on things yeah um when we're presented with it and we do what's better for our pocket as well you know yeah, and people that's the challenge. are you know fueled by economics and yeah and that's that's also the challenge you know and you know if you are less affluent yeah. The choices are really hard. But, you know? you know, so we do need changes that make that less of a big deal, that you yeah. can you can do the right thing climate-wise and that not leave you out of pocket. Yeah, and that, yeah. And what but somebody system- has to pay for that probably. Yeah, and I d- and, but uh, yeah, I think the challenge is how does, how does the system work better? And I think yeah. that's one of the challenges. And that's why kind of COP26 is important. That's why, you know, having governments that pledge to do things and hopefully follow through on them. And that's the other, yeah. you know, is it all just a lot of hot air and not a lot of promise? A lot of promise, but not um, a lot of follow through. And we need people to campaign. Yeah, and that's, I mean, so it was interesting to hear funds, you know, leading on um, the service. There's a, you know, really compassionate organisation that's mm. seeing their role within the justice, you know, of, uh, of climate change. And I think there's other great Christian organisations doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, and then how do we lead in the community as well? And, you know, we've kind of tried as a church to um, make some changes, you know, to how we do things. Yeah. Um, but it probably needs to go beyond you know, just changing our light bulbs. Um, it needs to, how do we, you know, make changes that really impact our community and our environment. Yeah. Um, but that's, a, you know, that's an awareness thing, but also that's us following it through. Yeah. Um, and spending our time and putting our priorities into things that really matter. And, yeah. you know, there was a while ago, there was a petition to save um, a telephone box um, up the top of our road oh, and yeah. it's like great I've got nothing against the you know that's lovely but I don't want to put my energy into it you know yeah. there's there's things that I really need to put my energy into um that's not that's not <laughs> it so how are we putting our energies and we have we have a certain every person has a certain amount mm. of capacity and maybe just looking at that thinking are there ways which you could release capacity in your life to to be more um committed to this because Mm. at the end of the day what we're doing to the world involves real people you know the destruction of the rainforests Mm. is that's that's not just it's not a concept like oh that's a bit sad that's people's you know people's land people's homes are being just destroyed whole communities are uprooted because we like um, you know, I had no Doritos with palm oil. There's yeah. just this is not these are not just abstract concepts anymore. These are people's lives, and we're really comfortable here. We're really comfortable in in South Cams mm. in the UK. This is we're in affluent times. Mm. We really have you know very kind of little in terms of. You know, when we get a bit cross that the, the supermarkets don't have what we want at the moment, but typically times are good mm. for most people. Mm. Um, and so how how are we going to, in the midst of our own affluence, consider the plight of other people? And how do we engage it in a really positive way? Absolutely. And not a judgmental way. And I think that's one of the challenges, isn't yeah. it? And I think, 
you know, depending on what generation you are, depends on probably how much, what's that, how much impact you're having on the environment. I mean, if you're elderly, you know, and you live in a house that's well insulated, you don't waste food, you're not buying stuff from Amazon every day. Yeah. You know, you've got the same stuff you've had since you were, you know, in your 30s. Um, there's probably very little that you could do, you know, yeah. change-wise. Yeah. However, a f- young couple with a young family, actually mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that I think we've got on a certain trajectory with how we consume stuff that's not sustainable. So yeah. we can't keep going on like this. Um, so we have to do some change. So I think there is an onus on different generations to do things differently. Yeah. And I think as, you know, as, as a household that probably does consume more than older generations yeah. um, I think there is a response but also the complex you know and the complexity of just it wouldn't I, I feel it would nearly be impossible for us to live without plastics without disposable plastics you know um, I think there's things that just are everyday yeah. you know that we consume that it's really hard not to do it I you know just even you know so one of our children doesn't eat dairy so we have to have dairy-free products and they all come in you can't get that stuff without it coming in a plastic container um unless you want to be baking but that's the you know unless you want to put your time into baking every day yeah i don't know how to even (laughs) go about making dairy-free products though that's that's sort of well yeah a nice bake or tart it's very hard to make that dairy-free at home isn't it absolutely (laughs) but we can buy it and it comes it comes in plastic packaging so is the the challenge of the inconvenience and the convenience that we're so used to um and I, I do i i can i can appreciate the old generation looking at us thinking what you're talking about i don't you know it's yeah. on you guys and i think it probably is yeah yeah i think um i think certainly our generation are right in the middle of it yeah i'm hoping that the younger generation they seem to be they seems to be more of a heart for yeah. change and i hope that they're bringing it about um because we've kind of stuffed it up mm. we've we've lost the plot in in so many ways yeah. um and what we're changing is too little too late yeah so how we can i think really how we can let our hearts be changed yeah above all um because just just shoving your recycling your um plastic in the recycling bin isn't enough anymore yeah. that isn't going to help our planet we have to think every time we put that recycling in the recycling bin really what what's happening to this yeah and is it still just going in landfill yeah and that's and i think that that's the chance with the system isn't it um okay well we've got a couple of minutes left but i think we've probably um kind of exhausted our our reflections on but it's just still i i finished this conversation still feeling hopeless and that's yeah, a bit okay. sad you know mm. there's 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 not that sense of yay we've got it if we just do this yeah. we'll be okay i think actually i think on this one i think it is a bit sad yeah. i think we have we have you know very carelessly worked quite hard to destroy quite a lot of beauty mm. and we need to be a bit sad about that mm. i think we need to bear the the consequences of the fact that actually every time I throw something away, I am throwing it away. It doesn't disappear mm. into some magic portal. And I need to allow that to help me to do what I can when I can, but by bearing some of the sadness of it. And I think if I if I hide from that kind of shame, 
I think I will not be able to make the necessary differences in my own life um then I you know then I kind of while I'm still thinking it's all fine while I'm still thinking oh great but I've recycled it so I feel good about myself or I've bought something with um paper packaging instead of plastic packaging I'm still being a consumerist Mm. and so until I kind of really face up to the shame of what I'm doing and bear some of the grief of the world Mm. I I think I'm really not not doing it justice well i think it's something what pete greg shared um last night he he shared a story about he went out with his son and cleared the beach you know one day mm. you know really kind of he looked at it so there's just junk everywhere went out and cleaned it the next day turned up it's all just covered in rubbish again yeah yeah okay. and there's some of that hope there is some of that hopeless you know we go and you clear the front of rubbish you know on front, our front garden or yeah. you go and do something like the next day you know or the side of the motorway some it gets all cleaned and the next day it's it's yeah. back it again and there's that then there's elements of that hopelessness you know to how do we do it and and i think that's one of the challenges well how do we speak you know positive energy into that you know and positive way of engaging with it despite mm. the feeling that it feels a bit hopeless because i think it can do so we need to balance we need to bear the hope yeah. and the hopelessness yeah in and equal that, hold measure, them really hold yeah. those two things in tension because there is hope there mm. is hope for a better future mm. but there is sadness that mm. there are things that are lost now that we can't get back we can't clear the oceans of the plastic that's in there mm. it's there now we can hope that we can stop doing that mm. um but yeah we have to hold these things in tension now yeah we do okay well there's hope and a hopelessness way of us finishing well thanks for joining us thanks for Thank you. Uh, listening to us and god bless you this week Bye bye